rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and it will guard your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Have a seat. Thanks, guys, for playing. Isn't that awesome? I love it when the words in our worship is, are just powerful. It's like, and that's what we're talking about this morning is um, a lot of the fears that, that uh, Heather and I had. We're going we're gonna to share our story with you this morning, Heather and I are. And uh, a while back in June, we had the idea of sharing our story with you because God has done a lot in our lives. And, um, but we just didn't feel like it was the right time in June. We didn't feel like um, that God was done teaching us what he wanted to teach us. Of course, he's still not. But um, that was just a season in our life. And so we thought, now is not the time in June. But just recently, about a month and a half ago, Heather asked me, she said, hey, it would be awesome if you were slated to speak on Philippians 4. And um, I, at, the, at that time, I didn't really know, so I looked back in the, in the schedule, and lo and behold, Philippians 4. And uh, so that, in that moment, and through some other pretty cool things, um, God just made it clear to us that this is the week that, that you should share your story with the church that you love. And so I'm going to have Heather come up here um, and help me share our story with you. Our, our desire is that um, what we share with you today would serve you well. Um, I'm sure that some of you have been with us in this, and some of you have felt what we have felt. You're either, you've either been where we've been, you are where we have been, or you're going to be. And so my prayer, our prayer, has just been that this would be a service to you and that God would use it in your life in a big way. Um, just to give a, a, little, a little background into, into Heather and I. Heather's been here her whole life, um, so mo- a lot of you uh, have known her her whole life, um, but I've been on staff here for about six years, and the, the ride has been um, a pretty up-and-down ride. It's been like a roller coaster, really, because there's some, been some pretty awesome highs where we've just felt totally blessed and like a success, and there's been some, uh, some pretty low lows as well. And so where we're going to start with you uh, this morning is a year ago in October, um, we were at pretty one of those pretty low lows, and if if you know me, I hate roller coasters. Um, they're just the physically and emotionally, I hate them. Um, and so this was one of those lows uh, that God had just just allowed us to go through. And and I'm gonna let Heather tell you about what happened back in October last year. Okay, might be out of battery. Okay, so anyway, we're here to tell you that today we are completely different than who we were a year ago. 
And um, it all started back in October when we had the opportunity to go see a David Crowder concert, thanks to Justin and Simon. And some of you know, but the David Crowder band are really special to us because it's something with their lyrics and their music that allow us to immediately approach the throne of God in worship and awe and amazement. And so last year was their last tour. We didn't have any money like usual, and we really wanted to go to the concert. And all Justin and Simon had to do was contact the band, and they got us tickets to go. So when we got there, um, the very first song they played spoke to us. And it was at that moment that we knew God was going to do something. You see, the song was called, Oh, Great God, Give Us Rest. And it says this. I'm going to read it really quick. Oh, great God, give us rest. We're all worn thin from all of this. The end of our hope with nothing left. Oh, great God, give us rest. Oh, great God, do your best. Have you seen this place? It's all a mess. And I've done my part too well, I fess. Oh, great God, do your best. Could you take a song and make it thine from a crooked heart twisted up like mine? Would you open up heaven's glory light, shine on in, give these dead bones life? And at that moment when they played that song, we knew that God was going to do something. And we just said, okay, here we are. We're tired. We're lonely. We're a mess. And we need a change. Um, we came back from that concert, and that was the time when Kyle and I started meeting with the elders and talking about vision for Cornerstone. And, and, and that's what eventually led us to, to, to leading people everywhere to a devoted relationship with Jesus Christ. And... Um, and so we, we started sitting in meetings, and we started talking, and we started getting really excited about what was going on at Cornerstone and, and the future um, for Cornerstone, and it was a lot of talk, and we talked and talked and talked, and I would come home at night and just super excited about what we had talked about in the meeting and shared it with Heather and tried to get her excited about it too and um, tried to just feed off this energy and this blessing that God had just given us at this concert. And and uh, if you know me at all, and the, and the leaders of this church do, and a lot of people do, and my wife especially, but I have this huge bias for action. And uh, so a lot of talk doesn't go really all that far with me. If, if, and, and remember, this is my job, and so uh, I think about this all the time. So often for me, church and what church is and people at church and what is happening or not happening just consumes my mind. And Heather knows it's not always a good thing, um, but it consumes me. This is what I spend my days working on. And so probably me, more than most people, wanted to see the things that we were talking about and presenting to you. Because if you remember, in February, we spent some time presenting the vision that God had given to us as leaders to you as a church. And um, and I had a really hard time, uh, you need to know this, but I had a really hard time translating what we had just presented to you into what I was doing with my time on a daily basis. And um, I, I became, I, I, was, I was really lonely because I was working on this stuff by myself. I mean, I would go to elders meetings and they were a great support and um, I had people to talk about this with on a regular basis, but I wasn't, we don't have any other employees, so I just was really really uh, lonely. And so after a while, that excitement and talking about vision for the church, when I didn't see as many results or as much happening as I wanted to, and I was lost on a daily basis, I started to take this dive that led me um, into, into just a, a, a bad place. Um, as a Christian, I know in my head 
the truth about who I am in Christ, but at that point in my life, it was not making it from my head to my heart, and, and I wasn't um, feeling God in my life at all. Um, and I started to truly be defined by success here. So I would stand up here every week after a while, and if I could tell that you guys liked the song selection, um, if you sang loud, if I could hear you, um, even if the ser- sermon was good and y'all responded to that or not, um, my every day was defined by if the last Sunday felt like a success and I would feel great uh, until about Monday. <laughs> and I went to work again and I was alone again and I didn't know what to do with myself. And if, the, if, the, if the, uh, the, that week was bad and I didn't feel like um, you guys liked the, the song selection, um, I, I became defined by that. And what was worse, I let my emotions be controlled by that, but I also started to define how I felt that God felt about me based on the success of Cornerstone Community Church. And a lot of that started to fall on my shoulders. And so I, I need to, we did a very, we became like expert con artists because we did a really great job at hiding that from all of you. Um, and so, I, I mean, I really feel like I need to just apologize to you now because I got to a point in my life where this was just a job and I was defined by it and I, and I was not serving you well. Um, I wasn't serving you well by just getting up there and playing a game and singing some songs and hoping that you would sing them loud. No, that wasn't serving you well uh, because my heart was just lost. I did not feel at that point in my life a connection with God at all and our household became a pretty, pretty dark place. Yeah, we definitely were in a state of um, complaint and negativity. Um, we, didn't, we didn't tell anyone at church because we, we knew that we shouldn't tell anyone. We didn't want to bring you down with us, but we felt like we had failed. We weren't seeing growth. We weren't seeing people saved. We weren't seeing people like hardcore for Jesus, and we thought that we had failed. We thought that it was our fault. Nothing is happening, and we were sick of this, and we also thought that we were missing out. Wasn't God, didn't he promise us abundant life? This was definitely not abundant life. And like Nick said, our, our house was a very, very dark place. Um, if you have suffered from depression, you probably can relate. But if you haven't, it's going to be hard for you to understand what it would look like. But it would be normal for me to stay in my pajamas all day and see me crying on the kitchen floor because I didn't want to live the rest of the day. That was normal. That was normal. Um, we, we neglected taking care of ourselves physically. But spiritually, we were constantly crying out constantly wondering, what is going on? What are, what are you doing? Why aren't you helping us? Um, and and it, was, it was awful. We were, we were in this constant state of anxiety and worry and fear that it was our fault and we're going to miss out. Now, for me, it started as depression, and I've, I've struggled with that before in my life, but depression moved from depression to loneliness, extreme loneliness to just fierce anger. And, uh, and, and maybe um, you haven't seen me get all that angry before or seen me, like, super emotional on the negative side of things before, but I was angry at everyone. I was angry at, at a lot of you, but it had nothing to do with you. It had everything to do with me and my perspective. I was angry at God. I was angry at 
the fact that I had to come home and play with my kids. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been here before, but um, when you're stressed out, kids are hard to play with in the first place. Um, but when you're angry, you start to do some stupid stuff. And I would come home, and you would think that coming home from work and the loneliness at work and coming home to my kids would be something that I looked forward, looked forward to. But I was so angry and so drained emotionally, my kids would ask me to play with them, and I would make up some stupid excuse like I had to do something that, I mean, it was totally made up. I, I usually didn't have to do that thing, but they didn't know that. All they knew was that dad's tired and he can't play. Um, but, and that was totally wrong. And so through um, dealing with this anger, I get, we got to such a bad place that it was really something had to change. I remember the night that we sat down in our living room and we both looked horrible. I mean, physically horrible. We had gained some weight and it, just, it was like, it was just a bad place to be. Um, and now we can look back on it and maybe laugh, but it was a painful painful time. And um, so we sat there and just were like, this is ridiculous. Like something has to change. I don't know where God is, what he's doing. Um, I don't know why we're not successful. I thought, God, I thought you made us for more than this. Come on. And so um, we knew something had to change. That was the time when we went to the elders and said, we need a month off. Now, when they, when they said to you, they're going to give us a month off, I really appreciate what they said. Um, because like Heather already said, it would have been bad and irresponsible for us to take you down with us. Um, this was, these were things that we had to deal with before God in ourselves. And so I really appreciate them telling you that it was because we were bogged down with a lot of work. Um, but the truth is, and that was to save you, that was for your safety, and I appreciate that. The truth is that we were just in a bad place. I had gone to the elders and said, hey, here's where I'm at. And they had no idea. Because then again, we had been, we got really good at hiding and faking church. I mean, that's what we did. We faked church. Um, we faked Christianity. It was terrible. Um, and so, again, we're sorry for that. And so I sat down with them and said, you don't want me working for your church right now in the, in the, in the, the way that we feel, the way that we're doing um, life right now. So, God was gracious. They were gracious and immediately said, yes, you need a month off. You're right. You need to get right with God. You need to, you need to be in a different place to be able to, to serve this church well. So they gave us a month off. And um, during that month, we started some counseling, which I've mentioned before was awesome. And I think I'll probably pursue um, counseling for the rest of my life, no matter what situation I'm in. It's a great idea. Um, but we, we did some counseling, and we just took some time off, and it was amazing. God did some sweet things in our life, um, and Heather's going to tell you more about that. The month of March was amazing, but it was very crazy and confusing. Um, what we would describe March would be like this. We, we felt like we were in a pit, and in this pit, it was deep, it was dark, it was muddy, it was wet, it was cold, it was lonely, and we would try to get out of that pit, and every time we tried harder, we would get wetter and colder and darker and, and messier and, 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 and even lost, more lost, more hopeless. And what that looked like was we would be praying. We would be calling out to him and reading and searching and striving. Um, but our counselor made such a great point. He said it best. <laughs> yeah. um, I just remember sitting with our counselor, and Heather was talking about that pit, and our attempts to get out were praying and spending time with Jesus. Um, we thought we had to do something to get out of that pit, and their counselor just said to us, 
um, hello, um, our counselor just said to us, he said, well, isn't it true that maybe God just wanted to sit with you in that pit for a while to watch you learn what he was going to teach you? And I, I mean, that was such a simple thing, but to hear, wait a minute, God, wait, he is right here next to me in this pit. Like, he is still right here. I may not have felt him, I may not have seen him because I was blind to it, but he was right here getting dirty with me. And, and that was somehow that was just, uh, man, that just immediately lifted a burden. So that month we began to speak truth to each other and scripture to each other that Jesus is here. He is here and that he loves us. And so we took that time off and we went to Estes Park because we love Colorado and we love the mountains. And one day we decided to go snowshoeing. And so we had this destination and we hiked up this mountain for two hours and we got to this beautiful lake with this beautiful mountain behind it. The sun was setting. And so naturally we were like, let's just let our load off here. And we began to verbally tell God burdens that we wanted to get rid of. God, today, here at this mountain, we are leaving our frustration with church. Here, we are leaving our anger with our kids. We are leaving irritation, worry, anxiety, and fear. We just, we named it all, and we left it. And then immediately after that, Nick began to pray and just said, God, here we, ha- here we are. We just laid it all down. And now, will you please give us a dream? We are so lost. We want a dream. We want a vision. Give us something to go after. And he closed, and we looked at the beautiful scenery one last time. We turned to walk away, and Nick goes, Heather, tonight, when the kids are driving you crazy, remember this mountain. And I said, okay, Nick, I will remember. And then I stopped. I said, Nick, what is the name of this lake? And he just dropped his head and started shaking and laughing and crying because the name of the lake was Dream Lake. And it was at that moment that we felt our first sign of hope, of God's light shining on us. And that was truly God saying, you leave this place, you've just left your burdens, your fears, your anger, your anxiety here. You've left it with me. I'm going to give you a dream. I'm going to fulfill a dream for you. You would think we'd come down from that experience and everything would be peachy and good, but it actually just got way more confusing. Um, and a lot of that confusion was, was me made um, because I assumed some things about what God was saying to me. And, uh, and we knew, I knew clearly that God was going to give us a dream, knew that. But what I assumed was that we had to leave Cornerstone for that to happen. Um, and so we came down from there, and I immediately, we started getting our house ready to sell. Um, we, we were at that point, we were like, oh, man, we were so excited because we were going to go somewhere, and God was going to give us a dream, and we were going to get another job and all this stuff, and it was going to be awesome. Um, and so I even started applying for jobs other places. And um, we had a conversation, talked about what kind of job should we apply for, and we during the summers when the college kids come home, that's a very fulfilling time with, for us um, to be able to just feed back into their lives. It's always been sweet ministry at our house with college kids there. And so we, we, we'll apply for some college, um, college job positions. And um, one day I, I took a two-hour trip to Omaha to meet with a pastor that I greatly respect. And on my way there, 
I was praying, God, uh, I really don't want this two hours to be wasted. First of all, because I got to put the miles on my truck. I don't want it to fall apart on the way there. Um, I don't want it to fall apart on the way home. All this stuff, I was like, just don't let this be wasted time. And um, as I was praying that, just anxious about that, as close as I've ever had to a vision, God's, God made it so clear to me that in that meeting with, with that pastor, he was going to tell me that their college pastor, this was a big church, their college pastor was leaving. And I had no, I had no reason to actually think that um, because their college pastor was awesome. They had grown, uh, he had grown their college ministry um, to a large number, done a great job. There was no reason why he should be leaving. But I just knew that at the end of our meeting, he was going to tell me that. We go through the whole meeting. Lo and behold, at the end of the meeting, he says those exact words. Hey, I want, you to, I want to let you know that our college pastor is leaving, and I want you to put your, put your hat in the ring for that job. And so I'm thinking, what, how, how more clear could God be making it? Like, he just, you placed this in my lap. I'm going for this. And so I went home. Two weeks later, I went back uh, for an interview. And mind you, I had told the elders at this point, um, hey, I'm going for this interview. I'm going for this interview at this church. Um, we feel that God is leading us away from Cornerstone. Um, we're going to go do this. And so I went to the interview, and I was ready. I was ready. I had spent so much time getting ready, had questions and everything, impressed them and, and all this stuff. Two weeks after that, I got, it was like 11 o'clock in the morning, I got an email that said, sorry, we're going with other, thank you for your time, but we're going to go with other candidates who are more qualified. And <laughs> at that moment, Every single negative piece of anger and frustration flooded back into my life. And uh, that was a rough day. And I don't think Kyle knows this, but it was that afternoon Kyle came over our house. I did a pretty good job at hiding that, right? Um, He he came over our house to just talk to us about selling our house, and he asks the question, uh, so where are you going to move? And at that point, we were were thinking, we're going to move anywhere but here. And, uh, and so Kyle made it clear to us at that point that we don't, I, dude, I don't want you to leave, man. We want you to stay. We want you. To, and that was encouraging to us. And then Heather starts talking to us about talking to me and Kyle and seriously challenging us. Guys, at church, we talk a lot about the gospel. We preach the Bible. We talk a lot about Jesus. We talk a lot about this. One thing we never talk about is growth. We never talk about growth, and not just growth for the sake of numbers, but we don't challenge people to get out there and in boldness tell people the gospel, gets, get, they get saved, and they come to church. We just don't talk about growth, and we had to admit, you're right, we don't talk about it either. I mean, I couldn't remember the last time I had preached a message and talked about growth, and, um, and so needless to say, I was very confused um, because I hadn't gotten this job. I couldn't even make it past round one. Um, so I was very depressed. And so the next day, I just took, um, I just took the whole day off, and, and I knew I had to just spend time with God um, asking him, what the heck is going on? Like, what are you doing? You promised me that you would fulfill a dream for me and Heather. And so through that day um, and the next few days after that, God made this very clear to me. Nick, I promised that I would give you a dream and you automatically assumed that you had to leave Cornerstone to realize it. And, and so we sat down together, and I was like, Heather, this is going to sound crazy, but I, we heard wrong. I mean, I'm convinced that we heard wrong. 
um, that God is not done with us at Cornerstone, that He wants, uh, he, He's got so much more for us to do here, and I really think that we're supposed to stay. And, um, and so we, we talked about that for a while, went to the elders. We brought, brought the elders on the roller coaster with us, man, because they were like, oh, they're going to leave. They're looking at, and then we were like, oh, wait a minute, we're not going to. We heard wrong. Um, but the point is not to tell you that we heard wrong. The point is to tell you that God has more to do with us here, and I was super excited about it. Heather felt a little different. Um, two things that got me through this phase of life. It was journaling and then this devotional Jesus Calling. Um, I, I did not want to stay um, because of what we had been through. I wasn't ready to do that again. But I'm just going to read you my journal entry. And my journal is not just for me to blurt out my emotions, but it is something that I write to Jesus. And if you don't do that or you have a hard time, how do you, how do you relate to Jesus? Try journaling. Because it is such a healthy avenue to just release your heart, your brain, your emotions, your fears to him. So this was Friday, April 13th. I said, this hasn't been a good week. Yesterday, Nick found out he didn't make it to the second interview. And that was really hard to hear. We, or I, do not want to stay here like, like it is. I don't want to come up with another game plan, Lord. I don't want to live off false, false hope and have fickle motivations only to be here yet again in this restless state. I say, Nick needs accountability, a mentor, a leader. He needs a shepherd. And then I go on just complaining, complaining, complaining. And then finally I said, all right, God, now's the time. Reveal to us our next step. I need to stop planning ahead and acknowledge that right now I am surrendering my life to Christ. And then three days later I said, Father, are we crazy? This is after Nick told me that we're going to stay. I said, do you really want us to go forward with this? Or are these ideas from us? Honestly, it's hard to tell. Please affirm that this is the right thing to do here. And that week, we were given information about the building. And as soon as we heard that, that was the affirmation that we needed. Um, and so began the step from complaining to making that conscious choice to stop complaining, to stop talking negative about church, to stop complaining. And so we made that choice. Okay, if we're going to stay here and go forward, we got to do it different. we got to do it different. And he be, has begun to change our perspective. And the one thing that he did to really, honestly change my worldview was from this book. It is awesome. Um, I'm going to tell you a quick little story here. Um, I was potty training the boys shortly after this whole building incident, so we're taking a break from church stuff, and I'm going to give you a little glimpse of what it's like to be a mom of three children. And for two weeks, I was potty training them, and I was tired of it. I mean, this is not fun. And 4.30 in the morning one day, Judah comes in, and once again, he's wet the bed, and I lose it. I lose it. I get my phone, and I email all my mom friends, and I'm like, ladies, I need some advice. I don't know what to do. I'm tired of doing this. Should I keep going? Just tell me what to do. Because the problem was we didn't have any money. I had no money to get diapers, and I wasn't going to put it on the credit card, and I wasn't going to use their college fund because I can do this. I can body train them, right? So I'm at my wit's end. It's 4.30. I throw Judah in my bed, and I get up. And I thought, okay, well, I'm up, so I might as well just do my devotion. So I get out my trusty, trusty book, and it says on this day, <laughs> it says, let me help you get through this day. Be continue aware of my presence. It says, there will be difficulties along the way, 
but you can face them confidently in my strength. Thank me for each problem you encounter and watch to see how I transform these trials into blessings. And this is where we begin from complaining to thanking. So I get out my journal and I say, thank you, God, for today, smiley face. It's amazing how just remembering your presence and knowing that I'm in it right now can change everything. I asked you to control my mind not five minutes ago, and you already have. I said, Jesus, I cannot wait to see you. Okay, thank you for the trial you gave me today with Judah wetting his bed again and waking me at 4.30. I am waiting for you to turn this trial into a blessing. Okay, so thank you for the situation with the bank. Thank you for the experience we're going through in losing $400. This sounds crazy. I'm actually thanking you for this. But it is a huge trial, so I thank you. And I am looking forward to seeing you fix this and turning this trial somehow into a blessing. A few hours later, when the rest of the world wakes up, I get a phone call. I say, hello. It's Linda West. Oh, Linda Swanson. She says, Heather, it's Linda. I'm like, hey, Linda. She's like, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm making it. I go, did you get my email? She's like, yeah, I did. She's like, I'm coming over. <laughs> I said, Linda, you don't have to come over. I'm actually leaving right now. And she says, no, I'm coming over. Okay, you got to let Linda do what she wants to do, right? So I leave. I'm gone for a couple hours. I come back. And I look at my front door. And you guys, there were three huge boxes of diapers on my front door. I didn't tell anybody I had this money problem. And those diapers lasted us all summer long. Right then and there, I said, that's it. I'm going to thank you. Trial comes up. A problem comes up. I'm going to thank you. Something comes up I don't like at church. Oh, well. Thank you. Thank you. Um, many times I've thought, God, what if this is just another down in the roller coaster? But I know for a fact that this is different um, because God has changed our perspective on a lot of things. Um, I'm going to read this for you again. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then it says down in verse 9, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the, and the God of peace will be with you. And um, we're not here to say that if you, if you uh, always do the right thing and thank God for everything, that you're going to be totally blessed um, with things that you want in this life. But one thing is for sure, that if you do that, if you decide, I am going to thank God in the midst of every trial that he sends my way, and I'm going to ask him to turn that into a blessing, your response in itself will be a blessing in your life. Your response will be different. You will respond to trials differently than you ever did, and that will be the blessing. You will go through life totally different. We went from total anger, despair, wondering where God was, questioning life, crying, did I say anger? <laughs> we are in a completely 180% or 100 and forever percent more different spot than we were a year ago because we started thanking God for the trials that He has given us in life. 
band, you guys can come back up, Tim and the worship team. Um, and as they come up, we're going to go into a time of communion. And uh, we spent so much time complaining, complaining, complaining. And God said to us very clearly, don't you know that I hate complaining? Don't you know that I hate that? And we decided to change our perspective. We decided to change our mind. Two big things that he taught us. God loves us. Our, I, my identity was all screwed up. It had to do with success at work rather than how God actually felt about me. God loves us. Number two, God is great. God is good. Why is God great? Because he can do impossible things. He is a great God. Why is he good? Because he wants to do. He doesn't need to. He wants to do impossible things in our lives. And for us, that's the dream is that we would see God do impossible things as we are living in honest Christianity before him. And so we don't tell you this this morning to make you think, man, our pastor's got issues. He's got issues. I don't know, I don't, don't know if we want to follow him. No, we want to tell you this because we are real people. We do have issues, and God has taught us in a huge way how to bring those issues before him. So maybe you have been frustrated with being here at church. Maybe you've been in a point where you've wanted to leave because of non-motion. Maybe you've been at a point where in life you've felt exactly how we described to you today. Change of perspective. Start to thank God. It's weird, but start to thank God for every trial that comes your way because he wants to turn it into a blessing. And so as we uh, take communion this morning, it's all because of the gospel, and you're going to come up here, and I want, we want this time during the next four songs to be a time where you truly get to meet with Jesus and start thanking him for everything in your life. The only reason that God will turn a, bless, a, a trial into a blessing is because Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we could live, we can live as sons and daughters of an almighty God that loves us no matter what we do, no matter what we say, and no matter how messed up and skewed our lives become, he did a total 180 in us, and we work for the church, okay? We're supposed to be holy, but we're not. We are made holy because of the blood of Christ. We're just like you, and we, we, I pray, I pray that you, would be, uh, that you would be in a place today where you can go before Christ in this moment and thank him for everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so um, I'm going to pray, and the band is going is to play and just enter into this time with Jesus. God, we thank you that you are pow- more powerful and more loving than we could ever imagine. We thank you that, that you don't look at our sin because Jesus covered it. (laughs) You look at us as people and you love us. You love us, you love us. And our identity is in you. We are found in Christ as a new creation. I pray that we can live in that. God, I pray for the congregation now that they would, that we would all meet with you in this moment and just give things up to you. Give things up to you. Give things up to you, God. Jesus Christ, thank you for being obedient to death on the cross breaking your body and shedding your blood, the blood of of freedom for us to live inside of grace. We need you, God, and we thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.
That's like got to be the deepest desire of our heart is that God reigning in us, we offer up our lives a living sacrifice and we cannot do that unless God is reigning in us. We don't come to God with holy lives, we come to God with messed up lives and then when Jesus changes us, we are made holy again. Our, be- our deepest desire for you today is that you would understand and see that we come to God in all honesty. And I'm seriously sick and tired of living my life trying to hide my issues from the rest of you, trying to hide my issues from the people around me that love God and that love me and that are trying to live their lives to please God, but we cannot do that when we hide who we are. We can't do that when we hide behind the masks that we put on just to put on a good show. We've made a conscious decision to stop complaining. We've made a conscious decision to thank God in every circumstance. And we've made a conscious decision to follow our elders as they follow Christ. Will you do that with us? Will you follow us as we follow our elders as they follow Christ? Our our deepest desire here on earth is for you. That's all I think about. But sometimes my mind gets messed up in my humanness and I hide behind the mask that I've put on just to put on a good show. I don't want to do that anymore. And I don't want you to do that anymore. This is, this is a body of Christ, Cornerstone Community of Church. It's part of the body of Christ. Will you join with us in following our leaders to where God would have us go? Will you stop complaining? Will you start thanking God for everything that he brings into your life? We want to we leave you with a gift, um, but... Heather talked about journaling and how awesome that was for her and how she could just come before God. And I've done this too. I pray best when I write it down. I think best when I write it down. And I am brutally honest with myself and with God when I write it down. There's also this book, Jesus Calling, that has been an immense encouragement to us because it's written from a a messed up woman. (laughs) And, uh, she writes it from the standpoint of, God, I am messed up, but this is where you meet me. It's Jesus calling her into relationship with him every single day. And somehow every day I read it, God meets me right where I'm at. God, God does that kind of thing because he knows exactly where I'm at. And he knows exactly where you are at. And so we have some, there's a back table back there. And if you would, if you would seriously read this book, we want you to come and take it. Um, if you're not going to read it, if you know you're just going to go home and, and leave it, then, then don't take it. But um, we want to give it to you for free. And if you have a smartphone, you can get it on there on iBooks and um, all that stuff and Kindle and stuff. But I highly encourage you to get that book because it just is rocking my world as well as it's rocking Heather's world and so many other people in this church. I mean, a lot of the young women in the church already have it. Um, but the point is we are all real people with sin in our lives saved by grace and because we are saved by grace God can do things more powerfully through us than you could ever 
ever imagine with your mind in this moment. And that's what he wants to do with this church. Will you follow us as we follow our leaders as they follow Christ? That's what we desire. And so let's sing that one more time. The chorus of that song, let's sing it and sing it loud and sing it to a God that wants to meet you exactly where you are at, that wants you to give your life as a living sacrifice, but will not leave you to do it by yourself. If, if you're comfortable, raise your hands um, and just worship Whatever you do, give your heart completely to God, telling him that you will be honest from this moment forward with him and with the people in this church to live a life that glorifies him and changes the world around us.